Hello everyone, welcome back to another Pop in the Hood podcast with Timmy and Will. Timmy, your day's going fantastic, isn't it? Mate, absolutely. I'm living and breathing it today. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Yeah, um, absolutely, mate. I'm um, really excited to have the guest on we've got on. He's really gone out of his way to put some time aside for us today, which is we really respect and uh, appreciate. So I think yeah. let's just get into it because there's so much. We've had so many conversations, so many great people, and I feel like we get to the end and we could just keep talking. So yeah. let's just get straight into it. Absolutely. And just to um, go a bit additional on that, I think this gentleman next to us has gone out of his way. I want to be open and honest. Yesterday we, we dropped the ball. So yeah. we had this man in yesterday and we, we stuffed up the, the recording. But, you know, the calibre of man that he is, he's come in again and get it done because if you don't succeed the first time, you try and try again. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, a lot of people absolutely love this guy uh he is yeah i don't even know how to describe like my background being in motocross and and you know anything high risk uh the things that he does is incredible so he is an athlete a daredevil and someone that turns dreams into reality on a consistent basis i might add he's originally hails from kiama downs in new south wales at the moment, he is living in California. I think Temecula, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he absolutely lives for the moment. And that is, you, you can't question that. The, the man does things that he, most people would not even comprehend or cross their mind in their lifetime. Um, and, and to add to that, he surfed waves on motorcycles. He's jumped across canals in Greece. He's jumped up the Arc de Triomphe in Las Vegas. And he's ridden a 500cc motocross bike, 165 kilometres at a ramp. And you can only imagine how far that took him, almost to the moon. <laughs> but more importantly, he's a loving husband and father of three incredible kids. And one of them is actually with us in the studio today, little Cruz, um, absolute legend. He wished us luck for this second time in. <laughs> We're charged and ready to go for this. Robbie Madison, welcome to Pop in the Hood, legend. Thanks, Timmy. Thanks, Will. Stoked to be here. Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I know we tried yesterday and I was just honored to come back. You know, I could, uh, I see what your podcast about. So it, it speaks to me personally. So that's why I wanted to come back in and make sure we, we, you know, hit this nail on the head. Yeah. hundred percent. Will, are we filming? Is We're it filming. <laughs> filming. The sound is working. Um, I spent a couple hours last night clearing discs off, sorting out. And anyone listening, a lot of people know me, know I'm absolutely useless for technology. So I've. I really had to buckle down and get this one sorted because we don't fail twice, Timmy. But we have the man here himself and there is so much that we need to get through today. So let's jump in, Will. Yeah. Take it away, brother. Yeah, I'm excited to really chat about this man in front of us. Like, Talk about facing fear and really chasing your dreams. Like, We really want to dive into that and the inner dialogue that you kind of develop to really conquer those fears. Really want to dive into that. But as we all know, we always like to start off at the, at the very start and get an understanding of what it was like growing up as... Robbie Madison. So, mate, take us back, wind us back in memory lane. Yeah, memory lane. I mean, my earliest memories, I was, I was like a born to young parents. Young parents had me, they were in their 20s, and obviously I'm 40 now and have a five-year-old. So to understand, like, and to, to put myself in their shoes, you know, they, they, they did a lot having us young. But uh, it, was a, it was a big um, commitment for them. You know, they were, um, I guess, like kind of middle class. Um, my dad's a teacher. My mum worked in uh, as like office clerk, kind of secretary. Um, and so there wasn't like a whole lot of money. Um, you know, I'd, my parents put me into motor motorcycles at a young age and a lot of the people that we compete against own their own businesses. So that probably they're a bit more like, um, had a bit more cash going on than, than we did. So, you know, props to my parents. They worked really hard and, and gave me a great upbringing. And that was the foundation that allowed me to go into freestyle motocross and able to like take it on quickly. When I first started freestyle motocross, I learned tricks really quickly and like within about a year of, of doing it, I was kind of on the level of the top guys in the country. So that really helped me kind of step into it quickly. But before all- To cut you off, did yeah. that come naturally to you? Like, you know, you say you're nailing tricks really early on. Was that something that come naturally or did just putting the hours in or was it a combination of both? I think some of it was, was, was natural, but I don't think any of it's naturally. They're like, um, I, obviously we all have different makeup and for sure, jumping bikes came naturally to me. I just loved it. Earliest memories of like I can remember on bikes was on BMX bikes, planks of wood, um, bricks under it, and pulling it out. And I remember jumping my cousins when I was younger, and 
that was like a memory I still remember, like everyone blowing out. I was jumping my cousins, and I thought to myself, like, oh, well, that was easy. You know, I can go and stick a few more relatives under here, you know. <laughs> um, but as, as we moved, um, when we moved down to Kiama, um, we, my dad only built the house, and so it, it took a long time. Like, you know, he put a lot of his time into my bike racing, so the house was kind of became the second um, priority. And, and so the, we lived in an unbuilt house for a long time, and, and I know that was like a wearing thing on them, so they endured that. Um, but, uh, but because I'd ridden bikes from a young age, I think when I went to the freestyle, it kind of came naturally just because, you know, you're, you're as good as the time you put into something, right? So I, I'd done my 10,000 hours, you know, when I was, by the time I was like eight years old. So when we go to the BMX track and, and would build jumps as kids, like I just naturally knew the distance and the speed that, that I that I need to gauge it. So yeah. to say it came naturally, you know, obviously it was better than all my buddies because I just had more hours into it. Um, and because I rode so much when I got into freestyle motocross, it was the same thing. Like to go into a ramp, I could like ride past the ramp and I just knew the speed to hit it. So I was confident. And, and that's just that. like, just yeah. went from every everything I did, like even going to world record jumps. I remember the first time I went to world record jump, the jump was like 200 feet long and I just knew I had the right speed and breezed yeah. over it. There's easily. a feeling of confidence for, um, amongst that too. And and I want to touch on when you were younger, who, who were your, like, who, what was your environment like in that um, moment? Because we talk about, you know, you want to surround yourself with other people that are doing great things, but sometimes when there's no one around, you've got to push it from in yourself to find that confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my parents are like action sports based, you know, like my dad was um, a good soccer player. So he's like kind of, you know, good um, athletically and he's a, he's a great surfer. I think he got like six in the New South Wales championships or something, yeah. you know, so he wasn't a main focus surfing, but he was, he was good at it. And so I think a lot of that translated to me and, um, but yeah, just, I was always a competitive person. I think my dad would always like push me to be the best I could be. And, you know, I, th I think I grew up, um, with always being motivated to, to push hard, to never give in, to like work hard and all that kind of stuff. So I remember like eight years old, I was boxing and uh, I used to run to boxing. So like I'd run like, um, uh, I think I'd run like um, like five Ks and box for two hours and then run five yeah, Ks nice. home. And yeah. that was like at eight years old. And then all through school, uh, trying to keep up with the guys at racing, a lot of them had their own properties and tracks where they could practice and, and I didn't have that. So to stay, um, competitive with them, I, I, you know, my dad was like, you know, you have to be fitter than everyone else. So I'd do 100 push ups, 100 sit ups, and run 5Ks every single day all through high school. So I was super right. fit, I was shredded. Um, and like when we had cross country races, I'd beat all the kids that would do little athletics. And, um, you know, and, and like I remember a teacher saying one time, we, we finished class early and, and we we're like, oh, can we go, sir? And he's like, if you can do 100 push ups, you can go. And I was like, I do it every morning. So I just like flipped yeah. over and I just went bang. I just did a hundred in a row without stopping. Yeah. And he's like blowing out. He's like, yeah, you can go early. So I got out early and then. Uh, can you still do a hundred push ups now? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, mind over matter, I'd probably You'd get through it. Get through but it. Um, yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, I've had shoulder surgeries and stuff and back issues and stuff, but uh, fitness is key. Um, probably an area I could still work on right now, but um, it's all, I mean, I went to the gym this morning and I did yeah. do movements to help my back because I have, I have kind of um, compressed back. I've had back surgery. So if I don't do certain movements in the morning, I get a lot of pain through the day. So yeah. it's all about the upkeep and consistency. I think yeah. too, just well, like just so our listeners know with Robbie, that the sport of motocross itself, it's not when you're going to fall. Uh, sorry, it's not if you're going to fall off, it's when. So yeah. And when you fall off, it all happens so quickly. And you kind of, there's this feeling, and I know you get up and you like brush yourself off. You're like, am I okay? And sometimes you just can't get up. Yeah. And like... The injuries that this man's probably had, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, it's just one of those things, but uh, a lot of setbacks, you know. I've, I've had so many setbacks, but I just keep grinding because uh, it's what I love to do, and if I didn't love it, I wouldn't keep doing it. But I love it so much that I'm willing to I'm willing to give my life for it. Mate, that's, that's blown me away. Five times, like, your heart stopped beating. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, what I want to say is it's what makes your heart beat differently as well. So, like, you often listen you listen to your heart and what you need to do, whether that's face fear, it's jumping 350-odd you know, feet on the dirt bike, surfing a wave on a dirt bike. Ha for our listeners, because they're all sitting there, he's crazy, like, obviously. Yeah. But people just sort of don't understand that there's that state of flow that n nothing is fearful. Yeah. Your, your confidence surrounding fear, how do you find that? Like, how do you get into that? 
Because um, oh, there's been times you've been shit scared, yeah? For sure. Um, <laughs> essentially, what I get down to mentally is that, like, I dreamt of this this um, opportunity and this lifestyle. And, and when I get to the point of, like, fear really kind of stopping me in my tracks, I think, like, what do I want? Do I want to quit now and walk away and, and, and not uh, not see, see it through? Or do I want to accept that I'm, I've created this situation for myself and... And then you need to back yourself in. I've done the right training, I, you know. And, and but for me, one of the key things is what you said before: listen to your heart. Um, you know, I, I try to be mindful of um, the mind and the ego and and the heart, you know, and then your gut instinct. And so I really kind of try to let my gut instinct um, guide me rather than like my head or my ego, because th- that'll get you in trouble. You know, you'll be trying to impress someone, and you'll be, you know, the wind might be up, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this big trick to try and impress everyone, and, and the wind's up, and you, part of your, part of your inner inner knowledge knows that hey, the wind's up, and but the ego is quick to like dismiss that, and you might go for it, and that could cause a big crash. So, because there's I a lot of pressures, like obviously with people coming to see shows and all these kinds of things that you've got to take into account, and there's a lot of money and things put. And for your decision based off your gut, there's a lot of people that wouldn't understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really let that guide me. And one of the keys that I got taught was through um, Paul Check, who uh, has his own podcast, a phenomenal human being. He's done a lot of study on um, just humans and what, what, what makes us tick and, and like health and, and a whole range of stuff. The guy's like literally an encyclopedia. Um, but he kind of taught me how to have the connection with my soul. And so mm. um, through meditation, which I was big into there um, for a long time, uh, just because I had so much going on mentally and we all you know, suffer from um, emotional psychological disorders and, and psychological conditioning. And that um, kind of leads us down ways of, of um, you know, maybe being uh, not as productive or dwelling on things or, or letting things that happen become excuses that stop us from mm. pro- progressing. And... Uh, and so I became aware of like the emotional, psychological issues that I had growing up. And we all have them, you know, we all face different situations and they leave scarring in us. And sometimes that scarring can stop you from just being, just sticking to what, you, what your heart wants, what, you, what your ultimate dreams are. And a lot of people forget their dreams and they start getting into the monotonous of daily life. Oh, and, then, and then all of a sudden weeks, days, years go by and then you're like, oh, I haven't even made progress on, or haven't taken one step in what I really want to do. Yeah. And that might change your life. And that was making that that um, conscious decision to follow this path was probably the difficult, most difficult decision I, I ever yeah. made was was to follow like my bike racing because I was I was a tradesman electrician. Yeah, uh, I bought a house. That, mate. Like, yeah, and obviously, the, the the note your sister left you like really yeah. that's you know that that gave me spine chills <coughs> when you told us there. Yeah, so I was working as an electrician, uh, bought the house when I was 18 and I was uh, living, you know, in, in the house, renting rooms out to, to my mates and my sister was living there and I was getting really depressed, you know. Uh, initially, when I got into being an electrician, I'd, I'd given up on the bike racing. I kind of just thought, oh, it wasn't meant to be and I, but for whatever reason, I just kind of forgot about bikes and started hanging out with all the local crew that um, all through school, I never hung out with all my mates at school on the weekends. I'd kind of, I'd actually lie about what I'd do with my time. Um, but all my mates was like, oh, you never come to the parties. You never like hang out with us. Like what, and I'd, I'd be there at school, hang out with them. You know, one of the, one of the clowns, class clowns or whatever. And one of the boys in the, in the playground, but on the weekends I was always MIA and I never told anyone, but I was racing motocross. And I didn't tell them because where we used to live, we had our house broken into and the bikes were stolen. Mm-hmm. So when we moved to the new area, my dad was like, if your big mouth tells everyone you have dirt bikes and we get broken into again, you get your bikes stolen, I'm not going to be able to afford to replace them. So I just, um, I never told anyone that I rode bikes. But all through school, obviously I was riding at the highest level. And, uh, you know, I was like winning state championships and all that. And I'd never say a word, never bring a trophy to school, never talk about bikes. And if, if someone saw the bikes at my house, I'd make excuses and say they're my cousins. My dad was working on them and stuff. So that must I'd be hard though, mate. Like you, you're yeah. having some success. And, and as you grow up in that environment at school, you want to be accepted because all humans want love and connection. And, and you're just like pretty much not telling anyone. But that just shows your passion and your devotion to like, if someone takes my motorbike, like I wouldn't know what to do yeah. with life. Yeah, and I think like it probably, you know, probably uh, gave me like the I have, I have some ticks, you know, like kind of like a um, like Tourette's kind of thing, and I think a lot of that has to do with me suppressing like these things for so long. Um, but also, 
it made the the energy inside of me so intense that I wanted to kind of get accepted. I wanted to be able to show the world what I had. You know, I yeah. knew I had a special talent, but I hadn't like talked about it or, or got a pat on the back for it or, or expressed yeah. it. I thought, you know, if all these chicks in my year knew that yeah. I rode bikes, I'd be able to pull the hot one, you know, but I was just kind of the humble kid, whatever, I didn't say nothing. And so it was a big part of me wanted to just expose to everyone around me what I did. And, and, and so that hadn't happened. And obviously that kind of like then came out in ways of like socialising, partying, you know, I was like always the extreme guy, climbing up trees, just like putting mm. on a show kind of thing. And, and then I realised like I was being super destructive to myself and then I needed to like, face what i wanted to do and and i happened to go to a crusty demon show with all these guys that i was hanging out with now and trying to get accepted into this group and um we're watching crusties and and luke urek was out there throwing turndowns with twitch who now two of my really good friends and and i'm sitting there and all these guys next to me i'm like going you know what and this first time i spoke well, i'm like i grew up racing these guys and they're like yeah sure you did and i said yeah i used to race this guy and this guy and i used to beat him and i'm going you're so full of shit, mate. Like, just to, just let these guys have their moment. You, like, we know what you, we went to school with you. You didn't write. I'm like, I did. I wrote all through school. And I'm actually telling the truth. And they, like, wouldn't believe me. Wow. And so I was, like, in that, at that moment in Krusty's, I looked over at all the, all the crew that I was with and loved them all. But I'm like, this isn't serving me. It's not serving my purpose. So I literally got up out of that show and I just peaced out on everyone. And they're like, where are you going, Matt? And I was like, I'm, I'm going. I'll see you guys at home. Mm. And, and I left them. And I went and got on the train and and uh, and I was just really kind of having that moment where I was like, I need to go down this road and I need to stop what I'm doing. So, so I left that Krusty Demon show and uh, and now I had like this huge, like now I knew the goal, right? Because I didn't know my goal. And that was like one of the things I wrote down about being successful is you have to have a clear, you have to have clear goals, you know, to start like where you want to go. So now my goal was so clear. I wanted to be down there in that show. And yeah. so I left that, that arena and... Uh, Went home and I said to, to me, old man, I was like, Dad, can I move into the farm? And we had a farm with just a caravan. He's like, this is a caravan. There's no power. I'm like, it's all good. I'll stay in the caravan. And he's like, if you want to, like you can. So, um, and at the time I bought the house when I was 18. And by this point I was probably about 20 years old. And uh, I realised, you know, so I was at home, right? And I was really depressed. I got home from that show and I was all depressed. And my sister's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I want to ride my dirt bike, but I have this house and I just told her my situation and what I was struggling with and she she wrote me a letter and pretty much like the short skinny version of it was like follow your dreams and uh you know and 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 don't don't ask no questions and don't you know just just go for it pretty much as I forget what it, what it actually yeah. said but it was really awesome for for her to tell me that and I read that letter and I just thought I'm gonna do this and then I I'm getting chills now too yeah, man, but uh but from that point, and uh, I was at work, and I was just thinking, like, all right, my sister told me I need to do this, and then I'm thinking, like, how do I figure this out? I've got to work. I've got to come to come kind of to work. And I, at the time, I had no RDOs left. I had no sick days left. I'd taken them all because, like, I was, you know, going riding and, and using up, you know, using up all my sick days to ride the bike. And then, um, and then I realised at work one day, it just hit me. I thought, oh, I've got equity in my house. I can pull the equity out and stop working, and it'll get me. It won't obviously last long but it'll give me a window of time where i can like stop working and i can still pay my home loan and i can try and get to a point where i can ride shows and hopefully i can make money off the shows and pay for my home loan so i went to um it's almost like that leap leap of faith yeah it was the hardest decision that's why i wanted to say it was the hardest decision I, I ever made was to like make that decision to like leave what was guaranteed and take the risky road and i think that's one thing that like really like stumps a lot of people is like it when it was drummed into us from an early age hey yeah like you going go to like school and all this yeah, stuff yeah yeah and then to like you know if you like my dad couldn't understand he's like mate you've worked so hard you got a trade you're a tradesman you got a great job and you're leaving this behind to go and ride your dirt bike he's like you're a fucking idiot you know and mm. i'm like i'm sorry dad but i need to ask i need to answer this question for myself and i'm like i need to go and ride my bike and and if it if it doesn't work out, I'll sell the house and I'll pay the loan back and I'll go back to work and at least I answer the question. And if it works out, I'll be able to pay the home loan and and I'll still have the house and you know I still got the house today to this day. So, oh dear. Oh so yeah. it's cool. It's imagine um, like imagine <coughs> I always get chills as well about this stuff because me and Timmy have had exact same um, situations both up in the Pilbara where we've just had those moments where it's like this isn't for me. And imagine I always go to imagine if you hadn't made that decision to take yeah. the risk. You're slain on your deathbed when you're 80 years old, 90 years old, 100 years old, hopefully, and 
Well, I would have probably been on a deathbed at 40 if I hadn't have done yeah. it. You would have been sitting there and you imagine the regret of <coughs> that moment of yeah. not making that decision. And yeah. for me, that's advice to people listening. It's yeah, like it's advice. I, I think like only other advice I can give to that is like make sure you have a you – because know, I had a backup plan, right? Yeah. If it didn't work, I, I could sell my house. So yeah. I wasn't like – throwing all my eggs into one basket. It wasn't a suicidal decision. It was like a calculated decision, calculated risk, what I've done my whole life. I always weighed up, but I had like an exit. If, if things went bad, I, it was still going to be okay. Mm. So when I made that call, I remember like when it all hit me and I realised that I could do this, I was just like, I'm, I'm quitting work tomorrow, you know, <laughs> and I went and saw the boss and I said, mate, I'm, I'm done. He's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm, I'm not coming back tomorrow. And so he was like, you'll be back. And I'm like, hopefully not. And so I remember, like, he'd always used to give me shit about leaving the car park because I had a locked diff in my ute. And when I'd leave, the, the, the diff would, like, kind of skid. And he's like, stop doing burnouts. I'm like, they're not burnouts. So, like, that day I left, I was like, I'll show this guy a burnout. <laughs> I was just doing hellies in the parking lot. He's oh. looking out his window like, what are you doing? I was flipping him <laughs> off. Left there sideways. Dot, 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 dot. But I can't come back now. <laughs> yeah. Can I just jump in here? Um, <laughs> Robbie doesn't know this, and Will, you probably don't know it either, but when I was up in the mines in 2017, I went through a very similar thing. I was like, this isn't for me. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And you hit those depressive states, but that's just your body telling you it's not what you're supposed to be doing. And I actually reached out to you, Robbie, <laughs> via LinkedIn and wrote you a, a message, which I brought in today. And there was a video that you released years ago, driven by adrenaline. It's yeah. like a five minute video. And it, I watched it every single ride on the way home from like work and I'm getting emotional talking about it because I just knew that there's like I knew there was more for me and it wasn't mechanicing it wasn't doing that so and it's funny like six years later I'm sitting here telling you about it and you had That's no great. idea but yeah. you know I've got the the note here and you know it's pretty cool um I don't know if you'd want to read it out again yeah let's like read it yeah let's read it yeah it's pretty cool um, for me personally. So this is from Tim Brayshaw. I got this is on LinkedIn, was it? Yeah, was it? It's May crazy because I don't really even remember this, but it, I, I yeah I get like this. Like I, when people reach out to me, I don't always see it, but I like to give read, read, I like to give people like minus opinions. So let's see what I have to say. So Tim said, "Hi Robbie, hope you're well and killing it as always. I'm a young Aussie guy starting up a clothing line ba named Brainless. That's directed at an extreme." sports market my purpose dream is to use my business to fund enough money to put a dirt bike on the moon if you know anyone i could contact to help that's that's a big idea right it's a big idea so i took that and said hi tim i love the big dream i'm not going to tell you it can't be done i'd love to see it i don't have any contact with moon money that's for sure <laughs> and i have learned in my career the only relationships that eventuate is when both parties are on the same wavelength and usually this needs to evolve authentically. So I would recommend following your path. You uh, wave your flag and see where it takes you. This is what I've done. I dreamt of being in the position I'm in many, many years ago, but I had to be patient, struggle, sacrifice and work hard than, and work harder than ever to make it happen. If you do the same, it may happen for you. My biggest question is why to put the bike on the moon? I'm sceptical whether man has ever been there before. It's such a huge effort for astronauts to get to the International Space Station, which is 249 miles from Earth, and the moon is 238,000 miles from Earth. They claim they went there in the 70s, but have never been back to, have never been able to go back. Well, lots of documentaries pick flaws in the vids and pics that make me sceptical. I do love the dream, though, and I would sure love to ride on the moon. I have talked about it and dreamt of it before. I know people that work with the SpaceX program, but they are only doing going out a few hundred miles and returning, and they have no interest in even talking to me about putting a motorcycle on board. It's all science and, sp and special gear on board for taking samples and measuring conditions at this stage. Follow your dream, brother. It's going to take a few brainless people to work this one out. <laughs> <laughs> I like that little straight back to the... Uh, yeah, and like that, there's that last bit. If you and then I uh, said there is people like you and I... There is people like you and I that dream big and want to do amazing stuff that is totally possible. Then there are those that want to do as they want to do and hold the controls. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's a hard thing to tip the scale in your direction. It's all done with patience and friendships, though. People with pe people work with people they like, so the relationships are the most important part. And that's that is a yeah, that's a fact. I can't believe that came out of me, but 
And, mate, like, words just, yeah, like, thanks for reading that out because that was a moment in my life where I was almost like, what the hell am I going to do? And that was my, like, point to jump off that proverbial cliff as well. And I quit did my they job. Help, they helped you. I quit my job and just went <laughs> and did what I'm doing. And, That's like, great. six years later, you know, like, you know, my clothing brand and everything that I'm doing, my not-for-profit Moon Dreams is named Moon Dreams for obvious reasons. But I just want to inspire people that to live their wildest dreams too because life's so short. And, and you've been on your deathbed five times and you know that. So for you to do that shows your character. And, man, I just appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, to be honest with you, like I'm still chasing those dreams. Um, mm. One of the dreams I had as a kid was to fly my dirt bike. And uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but – when I first started my freestyle motocross career, you know, obviously my main goal was to like be the best at that as I could and, you know, try to reach the top. But when, uh, when I started doing these world record stuff and doing these crazy jumps, um, which the only reason I was doing these things was based off of that energy I had pent up from high school, right? Trying to show people what I was capable of. And I just knew inside me that I could do these world record jumps and it was authentic to me that I was, I felt comfortable with it. It wasn't a pressure. It was just like something I, I naturally wanted to do so the fear and the dangers around it wasn't something that stopped me or really rattled me i just thought to myself i'll figure it out and i'll work through it which i did but um but still to this day like i still have something left on the table and the people that would interview me i remember them saying like what's the you know a lot of a lot of journalists would say like when are you going to stop are you going to keep doing this stuff and it's going to kill you you know it's going to be on live tv and you're going to die or whatever and and I was obviously, I was like, you know, it's never the goal. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel confident. And the only reason I'm on TV, John, is because I'm that confident I'm going to make it. Like, uh, and you always have to know that something could go wrong. It's out of control. But I always think to myself, if that happens, well, then that was just meant to be for me. So I have peace in, in like the fact that if something does happen that's out of my control and it does end badly, then that was just my cards. So that's helped me kind of let go of fear and just push on in, in heavy moments when I've like, there was one moment where I was jumping off a crane and I was on my dirt bike, obviously, and Cruiser's two years old. He's down there playing with these remote control cars in the dirt and I'm looking down at him. I'm on this crane and I was super unsure whether I should do it. And then I'm looking at my son thinking, what am I doing up here? Like, this is stupid. You know, I'm like got a beautiful little boy down there, my wife. And I'm about to risk everything. I may not even live like after these next few seconds. And, um, and I'm like literally thinking about calling it off. And I just thought to myself, I'm, I'm that kid, I'm, I'm in that position that I dreamt of being in and, and the only reason we're here is because this is a dream that I pursued and I motivate all these people and created this whole situation to happen. And if I stop now, then I, there's no moving forwards. If you stop once, you can never progress, right? So at that moment, I thought I, I created this situation and, and I honestly felt like I was meant to be there and, and, and so I thought to myself, I had to back, back myself in because I learned a lot of things along the way of like how to set that, the geometry up for that jump and when i was up there i literally had a, a science like a, a physicist down there um like he's a mathematics guy and he'd done his calculations and he's trying to tell me that where i had the platform was was um it was too far forwards and he said that it needed to go back two feet and i was like no nah, mate because i knew in myself i didn't know the math on it but i knew if i stood on the ledge and i leant forwards just right to the point before i'd fall over if i could just see the transition then that was the right spot and that was all I was going off. And, and, and so I was leaning forwards and I could see just per, it was in the perfect spot. And then he's telling me, no, it's too far forward. You're going to land on the flat. And um, and he's down there trying to convince me to move the platform. And I yelled, I said, hey, Eric, how many times have you jumped a motorcycle off a building? <laughs> <laughs> I said, thought so, mate. I think it's in the right spot. Let's go ahead. Let's go. So I rode off there and I landed smoother than I've ever landed before and pulled up said, told you. Like, told you. My mathematics said differently. I said, well, well, it wasn't taking into consideration what I was looking at, you know. So anyway, That's I good. pulled that one off. But it's um, it takes believing in yourself, you know, yeah. at critical times because uh, if, if you lose your confidence in yourself and, and you lose your path and the things that are, like, guiding you, then, then you have nothing. You have to be able to guide yourself. You can't rely on other people to make the steps for you. And that's um, I'm in a position right now, like, um, I'm, I'm actually doing this next feat, like, pretty much myself. I, like, no one... No one in my realm of people supporting me is really kind of like doing the heavy lifting with this. It's all me. So yeah. I'm making it happen and, you know, I'm, I'm going out to sell the funding for it. But I'll tell you what it is. But mm. um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to fly my motorcycle um, over Snake River Canyon. So Evil Knievel tried to do it in the 
I think it was in the seventies. He had a rocket sky cycle and a rocket thing set up, and he tried to fly over Snake River Canyon. And when he took off, the the parachute deployed, and he got caught, and he actually landed on the same side he took off from. And so I'm trying to do the it's two thousand five hundred feet across there. And so the world record, our furthest jump is a is like just shy of four hundred feet. I jumped three hundred ninety four feet. And so I'm trying to go two thousand five hundred feet now, which is obviously five times further or even more. But so um, what are you planning on doing that? Uh, I want to try and get it done next year in September. Um, so what does the preparation look for? Because for all your world record jumps and any jump you do, I'm sure a lot of preparation goes into not only your mindset but yeah. the physics and mentally yeah. as well and spiritually. <laughs> yeah. We've spoken about in the past. Yeah. What so does that look like? <laughs> so it's been a big process. I've been working on it for a while. Those that follow me online see I've been skydiving, bungee, um, not bungee jumping, base jumping, skydiving, and so that's literally a prerequisite for me. And it's allowed me to get comfortable with like jumping out of airplanes, and it's allowed me to get comfortable. I jumped off the off the um, bridge there at Idaho, right, right, like when you're on the bridge, you're looking at Evil Knievel's takeoff ramp. So I'm like, I've been in that same valley and I've like, first time I saw in that bridge, I was so petrified. I was like, I mean, literally I was so scared and I was like shaking and, you know, I mean, I'm watching other people jump off there. So I'm like, it's humanly possible. And obviously I just need to get over this fear barrier. But it was, it was a fear that like would literally turn most people away. But I was just like, I'm going to conquer this fear. And so, you know, everything inside of me was, you know, I started to worry, oh, what if, what if, all these what ifs. Excuse me, I just turned my mind off. Don't worry about that. I've already been through, like, how the parachute's going to deploy it, and I know that it's all, you know, mechanically sound. So I need to, like, stop worrying about things that my mind wants to bring up. And yeah. so then I just took that leap of faith and s jumped off and with a smile on my face and a scream and threw my parachute and landed. And then I did it, I think, seven times. I jumped off the bridge that first trip, but then it got so... I got to the point where I was starting to get really fearful and, and I thought, you know what, I need to just let it marinate for a bit. And so I left there and, and I came back you know, months months later um, with another group, like my mates Jacko and Harry Bink, Jacko Strong, Harry Bink, they, they were in town and they're base jumping and uh, they're like, oh, we're going to go to the bridge. Um, do you want to come at us? And I said to the wife, like, oh, can I come? She's like, oh, yeah, you should. And I'm like, sweet. Like, I've got a great wife. She uh, supports yeah. me. So she told me I should go. We go up there and then the next jump in there, I like, I just loved it. I just like couldn't get off there quick enough. Well, I mean, I was still fearful, but it marinated in. I got and got used to it. So that when you asked about the training, the training has been base jump. Uh, sorry, yeah, base jumping and skydiving. I did 200 skydives before I did the base jumps. Um, now I'm flying wingsuits and... And I've also got my pilot's license, so I'm like flying light sport aircrafts and and uh, Cessnas around and uh, taking off and doing all the talk and that and <laughs> landing it. And so that's all part of the training. And so I feel really confident now with like the technology. So I'm going to adapt. Um, that's it's FAA approved technology. Then um, I'm going to adapt that with my dirt bike. And the goal is to fly it over Snake River Canyon. That just be something that uh. I've, I asked for Evil Knievel's blessing at his funeral. It was an open casket funeral, so his dead body was sitting there looking at me. I waited in line to talk to him, and I stood in front of him, and I said a prayer. I said, uh, Evil, I want to thank you for everything you've done and what you've created. You know, I've inspired generations of people and given so many people, like, jobs and, and uh, you, know, you know, existence. And I said, with your... With your blessing, I want to take the torch from where you left it and take it to a higher height. And I felt his energy. I'm getting tingles right now. I felt his energy go right through me. It was like, it was literally like when you go to the bottle and you step into the cold room, how yeah. cold <laughs> that is. It yeah. felt like that. It's like yeah. a, a cold sensation went right through me. And I was like, I knew at that point I had evil, can evil spirit with me. So yeah. I owe it to him to do it. You know, I'm, I'm you know, um, rest in peace to Robbie Knievel. He just, you know, just had his funeral last week. I actually missed it by coming out here on this trip. But um, as, as much as I wanted to be at Robbie's funeral, I, I knew that I'm doing. I'm on a quest now to like make this dream a reality, and I will pay respect to him and his father and his family when I do this stunt. So yeah, mate. But oh. but the other side of it too is the business side of it, right? So to make this happen, um, it's like a it's like an eight million dollar project to to pull off, and I don't have eight million bucks, but. I'm going to find it. Let's um, call out Elon Musk right now. <laughs> hey, well, that's <laughs> what we're going to do. I think um, yeah, we've got a bloke with a dream to get a bike on the moon. We've got a bloke with the skill set to ride a bike on the moon. And all we need is the money. Yeah, it doesn't come there. that easy, you it know. Doesn't come it, that easy. It, it, it doesn't. And I mean, Elon Musk, I think he's an amazing person, but I wouldn't even ask him if he was in the room, you know. But yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, for me, I'm just I'm doing it. I did a profit and loss statement, which it literally took me a couple of years to figure this part of it out. And uh, and now we have that. It's uh, it's now it's a business kind of acquisition. So I'm going to people and showing them 
the the return that they can get, and mm -hmm. it all comes down to what's the return. And there's people, plenty of people out there with plenty of money to fund something like this, but they want to get a return on their dollar. So yep. I have the documentation now to brute, so just show them where it's at. So I'm excited. You know, when I get back from this trip, I'm gonna put my business hat on and I've got sales shoes on. Yeah, I've got my my new manager Matt Fiver. He's a legend, one of my best friends, and he's learned a lot of lessons with, with what he's been doing. So we're gonna start. Um, doing the rounds and hopefully we raise this money pretty soon and and we can get cracking because i have the i have the engineering team i have all the pieces of the puzzle and yeah. that's like pretty much what it is like anyone that's following their dream um you know you just got to get all the pieces of the puzzle assembled and then have a backup plan if things go south and then back yourself in and and, and make it happen yeah you also mentioned as well without mentioning it um having the right team around you mm -hmm. as well and and making sure that you have got people yep. around you that know what they're doing and can give you the right advice and but still relying on your own gut feel as well. Uh, do you hire your people or do you pick them out or do you have a team around you that does that for you or how does that work? Um, I'm, I've, I've been really blessed by the Red Bull crew. Um, they picked me up when I was like, when I first started doing freestyle motocross and they have really made a lot of my dreams come true. They're obviously a huge team of people there and it's a, it's a team that's evolved over many years, but they've just been so, um, so key to what everything I've done. So a huge thank you to Red Bull. Um, and so I've had a great team with those guys. Um, the team around me now is like, I've assembled a team of people that can help me like take this vision that I have and I'm sure Rebel will support me, but I'd really need to kind of get the ball across the line myself. Yeah. Um, you want to rely upon yourself as well. Like you don't want to have to, you know, rely on other people to see what you're doing to like, oh, can you please help me? It's like, no, hang on. There's enough people around me who can make this happen without asking. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Is it, am I coming uh, Reciprocal. Reciprocal yeah. relationship. Like, people can see what you're doing and believe in it and want to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah and, and uh, you know, it's like uh, that it's not like I'm always around that, that team. Like, I, you have to be willing to hire and fire people that when things don't make sense. And you know, I've been through many situations like that where I've had to step away for whatever reasons, you know, just like things just aren't lining up and you feel uncomfortable, you feel frustrated. And, hey, I've made the wrong decision sometimes. Like, I've, I've stepped away from some relationships and thought, man, I would still love to have that person with me. But it's all part of it, you know, and you learn from it. And, and yeah, sure, like, those times where I've made, I've messed up and then I'm like, I've gone a pretty you know, depressive state again, but anyone that's dealing with depression, just don't get stuck on it, you know, like figure out a way to get past it. Like, oh, exercise is key because it, it releases endorphins and makes you feel great. And then through exercising, when you're sitting around dwelling on something, you'll never find the answer. When you get out and start moving and you put that out of your mind and you, you figure out, all right, this is the problem. This is where I want to get to. I don't know how to get there, but I'll just ask the universe to show me the signs, go uh -huh. for a run, do something else. And then all of a sudden something will click and you're like, oh, that's it. So... There's something to that depression and action, I think, that counteract each other. Like, And I've actually felt in the past when I've just been in some really tough spaces where if you're not actually out just creating action and trying to do something, even if you don't know if it's the right thing to do, if you sit there stagnant, then the thoughts start creeping in and then the procrastination starts happening and then you just start getting that paralysis and start yeah. getting that worry. So tip, it actually really helps me if I just start whatever action I need to be doing, then I start feeling like I'm making progress. Yeah. And that helps me mentally get myself out of a, you know, because we know it's perfect. Like we huh. sit here and say we're, you know, high performance this and we're killing it at that. Yeah. But everyone sits there and has shit times. For sure. No matter what. So it's when you're in those moments for me, I just need to start doing something and creating action because then something then clicks, like you say, and then the creative juices get flowing. Yeah. Your mind's just working in the right direction. Yeah, I, I find it too. Like I'll get in a slump, and 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 uh, you know, one of the first things that happens to me is my garage turns into a shit pipe because I got the kids going in and out all the time, and and normally I'm out there micromanaging, putting shit away as quickly as they're pulling it out. But if I don't do that for a week, all of a sudden it just looks like, like it just looks like the junkyard, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then that starts always in my head. Um, your garage is the state of your internal kind of being, you know, if your bedroom or your car or whatever. Here's my like car. Mine's my car. Yeah, but your car's, your car's like shit. You drive along thinking, well, this is the state of my internal situation, yeah. right? So I'm always mindful of that. So it feels great when you clean your car. It feels great when you clean your garage and, you know, do you mow your lawn and cut your, you know, so at least you don't look like a yep. like <laughs> pathetic to your neighbours, you know. But, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, one of the things I do if I get in those situations, which happens all the time, but... um. You know, one of the hardest parts is when I get injured, then you have to sit down and then you can't go out and do it much. So that's a tough one. But then I start to meditate a lot there and do my breathing exercises. I do the Wim Hof breathing. That really makes me feel great. 
Um, but I get out there. One of the things I do is I go cycling, go on my bike, and, and I'll go like mountain biking or, or road cycle, and just just getting out there, clearing the mind, and just kind of you know just getting a yeah, just burning some energy. Yeah. It feels great, and I even just go to a circuit at the gym, or I, I go do hot yoga sometimes. Like that. I always yeah. feel awesome after hot yoga. It's like it's a struggle when you're doing, it, but it makes you fo- focus on your breathing. You get in tune with your body. You burn a lot of you know, energy, blow the, all the dust out of the system and then after it you just feel amazing and then usually you feel amazing then you're in your car, you're like, oh, I'm going to go and hit this list of shit that I've been avoiding and then you just go and knock it out. But like sometimes it, you try and do it without that and you can't even start yeah. and then another time you get motivated and you go and you just breathe through it and you get it done and you feel great. Yeah, I think it's about being okay that it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows as well and just showing up regardless and knowing that you're going to work through it because that gives you confidence when you do face hard things again. You're just going to get through. A lot yeah. of people implode and they're like, whoa, when they reach for alcohol and drugs and medication and all these things to try and fix something that's... You know what the problem is, though. It's yeah. we always go back to it with the modern day distractions with social media and everyone creating that picture perfect lifestyle. Yeah. And then when something does go wrong in your life, it's like I'm like bottom dweller. Mm. You, know, you go on Facebook, everyone's showing all the good times. All good times, yeah. You know I mean, I think social media is as much as it's such a great connection tool and yeah. great for business and making an awareness and all those things. And we're doing, you know, this all goes on. It can, make, it can make you feel worthless, right? Because you, like, you, oh, you compare your stuff to other people's stuff. And yeah. yeah, and some people are just good at creating content and doing stuff. And like I, I know myself, like I posted a video the other day and thought, oh, man, the camera angles on this are so shit. Like it's horrible. Like, you Don't know, handball it to your side. Yeah, <laughs> it helps me out sometimes. But, but uh, yeah, there's a lot goes into it. But I think we're, we're all similar. As, as, as it's easy to beat yourself up, but you've got to also bring yourself up. You've got to find ways to... You know, turn that negative switch off and turn it positive and get cracking on your dreams. What an elite conversation. Life's too short. To start wrapping it up. Um, I wanted to just really touch quickly yeah. on when you guys said, to, I said, what do I bring? And you said, just bring yourself and your five keys That's to success. That's what we want to talk about, finishing. So we, I think we touched on them. I'd, I had like clear goals was number one. Mm. Um, persistence, what we spoke about before, is like, you know, I've, I can go into so many stories of, of me being persistent, like breaking bones and dislocating shoulders and you know missing opportunities and it's just like there's always going to be that times like where you're trying to achieve something and some you're going to feel like the, the, the rug was pulled out under your feet or you know this perfect you know studio or whatever you the house you wanted to buy and someone snuck in a board or whatever it is things are going to but just like i always remind myself it, it's meant to be it all, you're at the perfect place at the perfect time for the perfect reasons and whatever happens in your life it's just meant to be and don't get stuck like yesterday, you know, it's like it's easy to get frustrated, but it's like, hey, it's just it's just meant to be. Like maybe tomorrow we'll have a better conversation. I think we are. Absolutely. So it's all brother. good, you yeah, know. Yeah. 100%. So persistence is key. Um, continuous learning was number three. It's like I, I've always kept learning, you know, and whether you – I think the one time you, you learn the most is when you fail. So, like, don't be bummed when, when you fail because you're learning something of how to do it, how to approach it better the next time. So don't be – like, failure is part of the success. Yeah. Um, Effective planning and organising is like is key too. Like, and that's what I'm learning. Trying to do this next project I'm doing, I'm I'm at the planning and organising stage right now, and it's frustrating for me because like even this morning I was laying in bed thinking I'm on tour for two weeks and it was two weeks of like non productivity. But also I'm like, all right, well actually could like get some productivity done, do some emails, connect a couple of phone calls, whatever, and just so we get a game plan. So when I come off, it's not like doing that. Yep. Then I yep. can I can start now. So when we get there, we hit the ground running so that was point number four and point number five was networking and collaborating and it's like you're only as good as your team around you so you are you need to be around the right people the right energy and um and and for me like that's what i'm going through right now like i've obviously i've done stuff where people go a lot of people that i've been part of my teams of some people have actually told me to my face mate you've already achieved enough like you don't have to do anything more go and enjoy your family this that the other but i'm like I can't do that because I still have goals that are really important to me and they're going, well, you're, you're crazy, you know, you should be like spending your time with your kids and that. But I'm like, for me to be the best example for my kids, I have yeah. to, I, I have to overcome this part because I need to, I need to feel worthy myself that I achieved everything I want to achieve and I can't leave something on the table that I know is right there and I'm really close and I've been working like for 20 years now to, to get the, um, the skill set, the, the mindset, the, the confidence, um, everything that it requires, um, the, the even just the conversation side of it, being able to go in and pitch it. Like, 
I've tried to pitch this idea a couple of times, had the door slammed in my face. I've been into Fox, um, Fox Studios in, in LA, uh, in Hollywood, and just I had the wrong team in the in the room. Like I didn't, obviously it's a whole different people, group of people that's going in, in with me next time to pitch this and whether we pitch it the, to Fox again, I don't know, but we'll definitely pitch it to the YouTubes and, you know, Netflix and all the networks and stuff. But, uh, but there was something off with the energy because I partnered with these guys that reached out to me and they're like, oh, you know, we're a big production house and we're looking for a new idea. And I'm like, oh, I've got the perfect thing. Of this is this is what I'm working on. But it just, when they came to me at, at the start, I think, oh, this is it. You know, the, the people asked me for the next idea. I've already got the idea. And then when I pushed it to them, they put it together, this half ass kind of like pitch deck. And I wasn't really feeling it, but the idea was there when we, when we went in, it's just the the energy was wrong, and essentially there was like, oh, it's too expensive, whatever. And we got the door slammed in my face. And th- this time around, it's actually more expensive to do it because the day and age, mm. like it all, it, that was five years ago. It's everything's more expensive now. But I've actually had time to actually break it down and think about how I'm gonna. It's it's how you it's how you sure. present it. Yeah. So I'm presenting it a little bit differently now. So there's a bit of a different strategy to it, which actually kind of makes it more feasible. So. And it's good you've been in that environment before, so you can kind of see what didn't work as well. Yeah, I think that's you have to. And, sec- yeah. and probably again, we talk about things happen for a reason. It probably didn't work that time. You need to take some lessons, and now you're going to come in this time, and you're going to know what to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's like even since then, I've I've got way more skydives under my belt. I've done way more base jumps. I've flown the planes a lot more. Yep. Um, I've I've been in a bit more depression, you know, and I've been a bit more stagnant. Um, I've also got more motivated. I'm I'm more in tune with how to keep myself, you know, rather than going like this. I'm actually kind of Level. more like just consistent. And uh, have you any and tips for that? And it takes that's, that's it takes. A, a have you any tips for that, Robbie? That's a good one. Yeah, I I, I mean it's organising your brain too, right? Like, um, but really a, a key thing for me is uh, when things get overwhelming and I start realising like, you know, start you start saying yes and going out with all your buddies you think, oh, I need to go and live life and have good times. But you start going out and you think you're having a good time by going, like, watching bands or whatever and going to nightclubs and stuff. But it's it actually works the opposite yeah. way. You feel like shit after it. You don't achieve nothing. You, you might falsify yourself. Oh, I, I might meet someone. It might be networking or whatever. It's not. Yeah. But the key for me is um, what I've taken from it is um, just consistency. You know, yeah. I, I like every, every night when I go to bed, I do this uh, Hong Saw breathing um, method. You can look it up on, online, but it's an ancient Chinese kind of um, breathing meditation. So you say Hong on the breath in, Saw on the breath out, and that really puts me to sleep right away. But I do the Wim Hof breathing um, kind of con- like all the time, and that helps me a lot. But um, but more so just I turn my mind off. I, just, I don't allow myself to get into that endless chatter of things just going on. Like I just try to turn that off and really focus on what I've got to do and and I make make the phone calls because sometimes like making the phone call, you, you might put that phone call off for a week, you know, just and it's the one that's the, the next step. Yeah. And so you got to like just you, you hold yourself back, don't yeah. you? Yeah. You hold and it, it's sure like, but when like prepare for the phone call or whatever it is, prepare for the conversation. But when you're prepared and you're ready to do it, then do it. get yourself in the right state of mind. But I think honestly, the main thing is 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 keep moving, like exercise. You know, it's like um. Get out there, burn some energy, make yourself feel good, and once you when you feel good, um, and it might even just be a haircut or you know whatever it is, you know, or, or just clean like a lot of stuff. Like I have to clean my my garage before I can actually go out there and face the world. Sometimes yeah. if I don't, if I leave the house with a dirty garage, I just kind of have a bit of a worse day. So yeah, it's, just it's your, vibe it's attra- your vibe attracts your tribe too. So you know you got your internals working properly, and that reflects outwardly to everyone. You know, yeah. radiates, and and that then in turn brings those right people into your life and, and diet too right because you, you you know it's all, all good well and good to mo- motivate stuff but diet's key too so yeah. plenty of water i mean it's so yeah. basic but it like is, but plenty of water and vegetables and and fruit and uh and eat clean and you f- you feel like night and day but yeah if anyone hasn't tried hot hot yoga i mean that just makes me feel so good i, I just it. yeah hot yoga and so i do like uh, i have a infrared hot uh, infrared sauna at yeah. home so i do that and then i jump in the ice bath yeah. Ice bars are pretty like mental thing that a lot of people can't handle it. But if you focus on your breathing, first minute's pretty hard. But once you get past the first minute, it actually gets a lot easier. But that just gets rid of all the um, inflammation in, inside of you. Yeah. And uh, even cold showers is really good for you. Just you get the inflammation out. Like if people want to get super hot and be in hot environments all the time, you're just holding this inflammation in you. So yeah. there's a lot to it. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I swim in the ocean every morning and I collect a shell off the beach and I've got this massive jar full now and it just gives you a reminder that you're doing the hard things. You know, you see people down there in summer and they get in in the morning, but now it's winter. There's no, no one there. there. You know what I mean? That the committed guy. But it's just that, the lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> I said, like when I was telling you, at high school I'd run every day. So I'd, I'd, a lot of the times I'd either do four laps of the beach or I'd run around the neighbourhood. And I was always around 5Ks. And, um, but yeah, I remember going down the beach and be free, like the sand would be cold. And I'd you know, run up the beach and aching your joints and stuff and kind of come back down look in the ocean you know, and I don't jump in then then I'd like kind of run in the soft sand one lap and then I'd turn around and I'd come back down and then by the time I get down down there I'd like so I'd just rip my shirt off as I'm running and just running and freezing cold dive in there but then you just feel alive right? Right. and then you run home and you're yeah. just like I'm gonna kick today's ass. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Huge. That's like today. We got there. We got, got there. there. Nailed it. Yeah good. I love it. Timmy is there anything to finish off with for Robbie or we Basically, mate, from the bottom of my heart, like, thank you so much for coming in. Like, it means a lot to Will and I that you yeah. come back, you know, to have a second crack at it with us. Yeah. And I know that you know that, you know, if the first time doesn't work, you just try something else and it will work. Yeah, I think um, I'm just stoked to be here. I think part of, like, you know, my, my why of, of, like, when I look at myself, like, I'm, there's a reason why I'm still here. And so um, I'm trying to not be selfish and actually like tell my story a little bit and put it out there because I know I've like not the most savvy on social media. My wife helps me out a lot with like Facebook and stuff like that, but get my message across is is key. And I'm a bit a little bit like self conscious, so sometimes I like just want to tell myself to shut up. But a lot of it can help people, you know. And so I, I need to get that message out there. So that's why I want to come in today, just kind of get the message out there because if it helps one person, then I think we kick the goal. Mm, uh, man. Well, we're pumped. You've helped both of us, and we have plenty of listeners that. Um get constant messages for how much people get out of this and this conversation's been elite so yeah, I'm sure you're really going to be helping people out with it mate so yeah, kill, appreciate kill it yeah, yeah. kick ass people out there like you got a dream yeah just keep going because it's, it's going to be setbacks and when they happen just laugh at it and be like this is part of it it's all meant to be and there's going to be tough days there's always going to be tough days and i mean i'm still i got to do a show tomorrow or not tomorrow saturday night and even though it's, it's always a struggle, you know, it's like you've got to overcome things, you've got to feel right, but, you know, it's, um, it's never easy, so you just got to keep going and never yeah. give in. Mate, Cruz out there is a lucky, lucky young fellow to have you as a role model, both your other boys as well, and, mate, Thanks, appreciate mate. connecting with you today and mate, hope this friendship lasts forever. Yeah, look forward to catching you guys next time. Yeah, well, we'll come and watch you do this next world record, mate. Yeah. Beautiful. And we're yeah. going to find a rocket. Cheers. <laughs> Shoot for the moon. You know Let's what? Go. You know what's the last thing I touch on is yeah. uh, the relationship side of things. You know, like um, I just doubled um Jason Statham in uh, Expendables, and that film's releasing soon. So like when his characters on, they're on this battleship out in the sea, and there's um, it's like a military boat or whatever, and then he's on a dirt bike on the boat, and yeah. uh, and then he like does this whip and shoots the bad guy. So I I was lucky enough to have that role. So I, oh, did, really? I did that stunt for him, which is awesome. But a great guy and. Uh, I actually messaged him the other day and just told him like what I, what I, what I've been up to, and I said, hey, I want to tell you about this um this project I'm doing because I don't bug him all the time, but like here and there I'll just kind of touch base and whatever, and and I said, you know, you want to hear about it? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to hear about it. So I told him, and he's like, man, that's freaking phenomenal. He's like, I love it. So um I just kind of left it with him. He said, whatever happens, like when it happens, he goes, I want to be there. He's like, these things only happen like once in a lifetime. So. Having the support of someone like that yeah. to be there is, is key. Um, you know, I'm speaking to some other you know big time people um, next week. We've got some. I got a meeting lined up. I reached out. Like I was really nervous about reaching out to a mate of mine who I know is connected to a really big star. And um, but I know this guy has his own production company. I thought, mate, if I got that guy on board, like it's going to really like make it. Yeah. Like you need the right team, right? Yeah. To to I think that's why the door got slammed in my face the first time around because like going to Marion to Fox is like nothing really that special. But if I get like these key celebrities on board and they're behind it, then it's like you know they're, Those they're third party endorsements are massive. Yeah, and just like not I mean, Jason will be there whether it's just he's just a mate being there or whether he has some other stake in it, whatever. But we'll figure that out. But you know, I was nervous to, for me to like reach out to this one guy. And I've been th thinking about messaging him for a while, and and then I hit him up and I said, hey mate, like I want to you know get to this guy that I know you're connected to and I seen him like kind of a couple of pictures and sh sh you know kind of give him a little bit of a um overlay yeah. of what, what I'm trying to do and and then he got back to me and goes mate I spoke to the partners and they're super excited they want to get on the <laughs> phone right away so it's um but that's your credibility because you're yeah. a man of integrity too so when you say you're going to do something you're going to do it yeah and that that is a massive massive thing that you should be proud of yourself 
Yeah, thank um, you. And like, that's why people will root for you to get and do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just want to do it because I, for some reason, I, I feel like I was born to do it, and just like being in front of Evil Knievel and getting his, getting his like spiritual, yeah. okay, was 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 huge, and then. Now just like with my kids and and you know trying to be the a better role model, like I think I've already inspired them enough. But they see me struggling with this, and 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 they see me like kind of in the office like all day and you know trying to put together. Like I made this um, spreadsheet and it was pretty amateur, but I got the idea across and I literally gave it to one of my other mates. He tightened it all up and made it look awesome. But it's those days of like doing that is like putting that idea down as, as much of a struggle it was for me I actually like googling how to make powerpoint productions and figured it out sat there it took me way longer than it would take probably a 10th grade to just knock it out but yep. um just doing that part of it getting your idea down it's so critical and that was like one of the steps that i'd been i procrastinating on for so long and that was just one thing like that was why my garage was dirty because i wasn't doing the time to sit down and just figure out that one small thing and i just let it go i like think oh i need to find someone to build this deck for me and it's like once I'm done, you have to do it yourself. And so like, I did that and then, sure, it wasn't something I wanted to show anyone, but then I, once I had that, then it allowed me to take it to someone and be like, here's your idea. Yeah. Rather than sitting there and talking to them, but, but you still need to put something pen to paper in some way, shape or form. So yeah. just get cracking. It doesn't have to be perfect, but as long as you start, start making progress, then it'll all start to figure itself out. Builds momentum, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Otherwise, you sit there getting Well, that's called it. global thinking. So like global thinkers go from A to Z. They're already at Z. Like, why isn't this happening? Come on. Yeah. And then there's linear thinkers that go A to B, C. There's a step, a process, and, and they're the ones that, you know, you need as part of your team because they understand where you're trying to get to, but they know the steps to get yeah. there. But as you're saying, Robbie, sometimes you need to do that initial step to get the ball rolling. Yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm that person, right? I'm the A to Z guy, mm. and I'll get on a phone call already at Z with, like, I've already got the whole thing figured out, and I start talking people going, this guy is on freaking crack or yeah. something. Like, what is he, what is, what is he talking about? Yeah. You know, and then yeah. and my old manager, he's like, Robbie, like, you need to, like, show people how you got to step Z because they don't understand how you got there. Yeah. And then I, it's like, all right, cool. So then what you're saying Painful, is 100 it? Then you go back and do it. But then you go down and, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so, but, but yeah, making the steps out is, is key. And and that's, yeah, I'm, I'm back doing it again, which is like, yeah, I'm at the end of my career, but I'm, like, kind of back, like, trying to put everything I've learned into practice now because now it's like it's it's all in my it's all in my hands. Like I have obviously there's there's people around that once I get this thing going and, and it starts to take shape, I'm sure people will jump on board. But because I'm already at step Z and I kinda talk to people about it, they don't they can't jump on board because they're going, How the hell are you there? But once it starts to take shape, then I think yeah. we'll be able to be like, all right, here it is, we can present it and then we're like, Oh yeah, we get it. Yeah, we'll jump on board. That'll be great for our brand or whatever. But when you go when you have a verbal conversation, you're telling people that you're going to do this stunt, they just can't, this is like, how how's he going to get there? It's going to cost so much money. Like, it's like, no, it's yeah. too hard basket. This guy's like, he's, he's, he's in like, he's on cloud nine, this guy. But, but once you break it all down and, and show the steps and then, then, then people can process it. And it's like the skis on the motorbike. Like this is an idea of yours and you've come up with it and people would have gone, no, you're a lunatic. But like, how did you stem that gap? Yeah, that was just like, that was literally like I had the idea and, and then fortunately found a guy that helped me take the idea and, and make a working version. And then, and then that just, and then once I had the working version, we had to, then I had to understand the physics of it to make it actually perform the way it does nowadays. But yeah, I mean, all these things that I've done in my career have all been um, little learning experiences for not that they have been big moments, but they've all been learning experiences that are allowing me to now take this final, this final stunt that I want to do. And, um, when I get this one done, I, I literally, I mean, not that I'll stop doing what I love because I'm going to do what I love all the time, ride dirt bikes and try and spread the message and encourage people to be their best version of themselves. That's what my brand Mad Will is about, is about being the best version of yourself. So I'm always going to relay that message, but actively like doing stunts like this is this is the one that I'm, I'm willing to like kind of hang the boots up after and just you know, I want to follow my boys and help them make their dreams reality and help them to be the best version of themselves. Cruz has got some hefty goals. He wants to jump further than you, doesn't he? He does, but mate, he's already um he's already beaten me like you know, he's already backflipping his motorcycle at a way younger age than I did, so <laughs> he's um he's already leaps and bounds in front yeah, of me. Yeah, but his they've dad. got inflatable down ramps now. Surely that's yeah. gotta see, you know, there's but a little yeah, bit times of are changing. Yeah, hundred percent. For sure, like he his mm. phone pit's just waiting for him at the bottom of the driveway. When I wanted one, I had to go out and actually physically cut up one mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I literally chips. 
cut down a forest and part of and, and used that for us to make the foam pit and um, for all the greenies out there we own the property and we had permission to, to clear it so it was, it was all it was all good good area but yeah we cleared a spot and we made a foam pit and I mean even the first foam pit I made it took me a year and a half to make that and that's just how determined I was but yeah, you know I mean I've been at this for um, I'm 42 next week and uh, and and I've been at this since I was uh as freestyle since I was like 18 years old, so you know, 20, 20 22 years. years just know that it, it takes a long time to achieve goals, but just keep, just be willing to endure the the time and one step at a time. Just before we like finish up, is there anyone you want to thank, mate? Across uh, your journey so far, I have to thank everyone that's been a part of it. You know, yeah. like obviously it all starts with your parents. So I have a big thank you to them. The the the, the foundation they gave me was huge. Um, and uh, my sister, you know, she's always still in my in my corner today. Like we still chat here and there. So, um, but my wife is obviously very instrument instrumental. She's helped me make my career a reality, and and Red Bull has literally given me wings. So, mm. huge shout to them, and then all the supporters along the way. I mean, there's so many people that deserve a mention, but there's so many would be forever. But it, they know who they are, and and hopefully, um, hopefully I've thanked them along the way, and they know. But um, but yeah, I mean. Even just uh, my kids uh, is really what empowers me today, you know. So I got to thank them for um, just being my, my boys and and like loving on dad is, is huge. It's why I'm doing this is to just like they motivate me so much to be the best version of myself. I could easily take the easy road and and just you know be selfish and you know to any parent out there that just just give your kids like the that your time's worth a lot to them. So be be there for your kids and um, but yeah, I mean we all. Well, those times where you think you deserve your time out with the boys and stuff, but it's like being productive as a parent is, is really a, a, a great thing. And I see with my boys when I spend time with them and I help them learn new goals, like as much as even just swinging a golf club, you know, like no one can pick it up and do it. And and one of the lessons I learned with my boys is like, you know, they sucked at it at first and they get real frustrated, but just working through them with that frustration and just helping them get, figure out the step by step. And then eventually when they start hitting them themselves and, how far, and they see that it goes a decent way and then they're so happy... You see a smile on their face. It just shows you, like, that's how, that's just an example of how life is. But, like, everything that your kids do, that's not going to come easy into them anything. But, you know, I've learned um, through my career, and I, I see my boys, they get frustrated because, you know, like, Cruz is obviously really good at riding bikes, and the other younger ones, they get frustrated because Cruz is doing all this stuff. And I'm like, well, he was in the same spot that you guys were. So it's all just consistency and, and being being um not getting frustrated and just being encouraging them to keep going you know i think that's the main thing is i've done with my kids i was just let's just start small and and when they have like a little bit of progress i'd kind of high five them and encourage them and, and say hey mate you you they'll be all bummed i didn't get this but i'm like no you achieved something you, you progressed like at the start you couldn't do this remember yesterday and now you're doing this so you're you're doing great and i bring them up and and uh, give them confidence, and then and then they go to me like, I want to ride my bike tomorrow. So it's not come from me; it's come from them, you know. But if you're someone that's like, oh come on, you're hopeless. Your muddy buddy's better than you, and you kind of you know think that you're motivating him by put putting them down, then it's probably not the right way to go, you know. But it's always just just try and bring them up, and um, I don't get like uh, I don't you know do it to the point where I'm like not being honest with them either, you know, like there's other guys that are going to achieve better, but like even with Cruz with his racing, you know, he's racing kids that are really elite and they've got a lot more hours than he does at racing and they're beating him and he gets bummed on it. But I'm like, hey, mate, they will beating you by six seconds last last race and now they're only beating you by one second. So I'm like, you're catching, you know, yeah. so I like remind him of that, that he's progressing and I'm like, we just stay at this and we'll get there. So it's everything in life is always just about, you know, just sticking your guns, putting your hours in and, yeah. If you stay consistent and and you st and you're patient, you work hard, you'll get there. Cruz is a lucky boy. Yeah. Great parenthood, mate. Yeah. It's also leadership, really. Like that's still even people yeah. listening, whether it's your father or you're a leader. Like that encouragement, that's so critical. Yeah, know, even with it? work and that, with yeah. younger guys, apprentice or whatever under yeah. you, like you can't just take, you <laughs> can't put shit on the apprentice the whole time. You know, as fun as it is, it's uh, yeah. one thing about having a joke, but another thing about being a good leader and, and yeah. bringing people up and giving them. Uh, you, you want to create confidence, you know, and give people little tasks. And that's what I do with my boys. I give them little tasks to do, and when they achieve the task, I celebrate it, you know. So, I mean, I just did a, uh, did a little um, uh, mod at home, and, and um, I, I put in a little um, fake, uh, what do they call it, like um, a golf putting green, so fake grass, fake turf, whatever. It was a bit of a job because I had to excavate it and all that, and my boys coming out, oh, Dad, can I help you? And 
yeah, sure, like having water and stuff on me, but just getting them little goals and little jobs to do. And, you know, obviously my, my little guy, he just wants to be in the machine driving it. But I'm like, mate, you gotta, you're the apprentice, you got to start. And they're like, clean that, circle that hose up. And then I go down the hose or crisscross and that, run it back out again. I want to do it this way. And then he'll be all frustrated and then not go to mum, oh, dad's picking on me. He's like, telling me I did the, rope, the hose the wrong way. I said, and so I just be honest with him and explain to him, but then he learns the goal, you know, and learns the, the lesson and then, explain to him to do it right and once you get that done then we can do this and then i'll let you drive the machine or whatever or sit on my lap yeah. and but yeah it's been a being a good leader is, is key but um you know just giving them teaching for me what's important right now is teaching my kids to um to know that like nothing's going to come easy to you right they they want to learn and do tricks right away and you know even cruz is trying to learn tricks for this show on saturday night and he's getting frustrated because they're not hap it's not coming quickly to him but I said, mate, it's just it's just how it goes. You gotta work hard and just one step at a time. So just about being in his corner and and, and um kind of cheering him along. No pressure, no diamonds. That's it, mate. Pressure Still, creates diamonds. That's it. Yeah. Easy. 100%. Easy lads. Well, mate, awesome conversation. Oh, it's epic. Timmy, you're pumped, I'm pumped for the day. Yeah, let's go. Thanks, Rob boys. We did it. We did it. We, we did got it. there. We got <laughs> <it>. Awesome. <laughs> Love All right. that. Thanks, oh. Cheers, everyone. Thanks right. so much for listening.